This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every single Bare Naked Lady song from seven to Y. And this week, I, I, I'm not going to do what the song is telling me to do because it is like negative degree temperatures outside right now, and I, I am definitely not taking it outside. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> We've had enough snowstorms. Like I've hit enough snow piles with my car this week. No, I'm, I'm going to keep it inside this week. <laughs> Um, but I have joining me it, from the cold weather t- climates, Betsy and Heidi. Thank you for joining. Hey, everybody. Hey. And we have a guest this week. Uh, I know Betsy and I have been looking forward to having this guest for a while, so I'm very happy to introduce Joe, who is the, one of the administrators of the Bare Naked Ladies Fan Society on Facebook and a Bare Naked Ladies Fan Extraordinaire. Hello, thank you. Good to be here. We're glad to have you. Thank um, you. It's an honor. <laughs> so tonight we're going to be talking about the song Take It Outside. If you've never heard this song before, here is a quick snippet. Any other guy would want to take it outside, but I'd never even try. Who wants to get the lights knocked down? Any other guy. Before we get to talking about the song, Joe, can you tell us a little bit about your journey with Bare Naked Ladies, your your BNL exposure, like where when you first came upon them, and and what that trip was like? Sure, I uh, I grew up in the nineties, you know, twenty eight, and growing up, my parents listened to cool music, so they listened to nineties, and uh, so you know, Bare Naked Ladies were included because they were huge, and they had Rock Spectac and Stunt. And so they listened to him in the 90s. And then later on, when I was a teenager, I kind of rediscovered them, bought all their albums and uh, just listened to them all. And I was instantly obsessed. They just grabbed me in a way a lot of other bands just don't. And I just kind of was instantly in love. I really appreciated how their live shows were a huge part of what they do. And uh they just grabbed me. So I got into them and then I got my parents back into them. <laughs> so now I have all my friends and family like BNL because of me, basically. So what was your first album that you owned? Uh, personally, yeah. my first was Disc One. 
Um, because I figured, you know, greatest hits is the way to start. And I knew so many songs that I had no idea was them. And I was just like, wow, I know like all of these almost. And just took off from there because I heard Fight a Million Dollars on the radio one day. And I just thought it was the funniest thing ever. Got the greatest hits. And I knew all these songs. And it all just kind of fell into place. <laughs> And here we are. <laughs> now, you specifically uh, asked for tonight's song. So tell me a little bit about, like, your, your thought around that. I just think the song is really gorgeous. Um, first of all, the lyrics are, are, I feel a lot of people relate to. But I love the style it has. Betsy was saying earlier, kind of a country thing, kind of a bluegrass, beautiful guitars and... It's a sound I wish they really visited more because mm. I think they pulled it off so well. And I've just always been obsessed with this song, singing it, playing it, and, and everything about it. I've always wanted to hear it live. I don't think I ever will. but I don't think you will. Um, I was, oh, thanks. <laughs> I was <laughs> doing the research <laughs> for the song this week, and um, they've only ever played this song t live 16 times. And 10 of those times was the first year that they toured with it after this album was released, so on the Peep Show tour. They have only played this once since Steve left, and that was in 2010. Wow. I know. And it's definitely an Ed song. Like I, I think, I think that Steve had his parts that he added in as as always, but Steve has never played this solo, like in any of his shows, according to the internet. And Ed Ed played it twice online during COVID performances, but it's just strange that Ed has doesn't come back to this song. Yes, he did play it acoustically on Ships and Dip 4 in 2011, just him and his guitar. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, they don't do it a lot. I don't know if it's uh, maybe hard for him to sing. It is kind of a high song, but well, you're right. They don't play it a lot. Well, one of the major issues is that it is all down tuned to half step. So the guitar has to be, it's usually like you have drop D tuning and things like that. But in this case, the strings are all tuned down a half step. So instead of E, A, D, G, B, and E, you have E flat, A flat, G, D flat, G flat, B flat, and E flat. So every string on the guitar is tuned down a half step. And so that the guitar tech would like, you can't, I mean, that's, that would, you'd have to right. have that guitar pre-tuned ahead of time and hand it off. And well, no, it's not as easy as just drop D. Um, the song was a fun fact behind the song was it it was originally going to be in standard and in the studio, Ed was having some trouble doing the vocal for it. So they tuned it down. Oh. Yeah. Um, but Live, they would sometimes do it in standard. Sometimes they wouldn't. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, because on the live album, they it's in a different key. Right, right. So it's normally like they. It's supposedly an E flat because that's where the tuning lies. But in I think it's the live album. It's an A. Yeah, live album. Yeah, in the well, on like the, the, the tour recordings. Right? Yeah, the tour recording. Oh. 
Okay, yeah, I haven't seen any of the tour recordings. I did see the video of them playing it in studio, um, which they have it on on the CD, was, on the DVD that came with the deluxe, the deluxe um, edition of this album. Um, which is really good. A bunch of yeah, it's really good listening to it um, on there. Um, but yeah, it, I don't. It's on, um, it's the, hold on, I have it right here. Um, it is on Fudge Buckets. Hold on. <laughs> That's a new album. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> I don't think I heard that one. What a song? No, it's on the uh, Live East Lansing recording from February 12th of 2004. Oh, oh, And in that case, it's in the key of A. And it's a bit, little bit longer than the original recording, too. So, right. so how much did he drop it down for that, then? No, he went from E flat to A. So oh. he would have dropped it down. Well, you can go, you can drop it down. Because if you drop, it changes the, the key to A, but it's down the octave. So it, it fits his register better. Right. I was going to say, like, the, one of the things I had written down is, like, one of the problems I have with this song is those last two notes on the end of every chorus mm-hmm. are right there. Yeah, at, he's on the verge of being strained. Like he doesn't sound bad, but if I try to, that's it, that's the two notes that are right between my my normal voice and my head voice, and so I can't like ugh, I can't hit those notes. I think this is the song too when he did it in the bathroom session. He kept messing it up, <laughs> either <laughs> vocally or, or just on the guitar. Like he had he did yeah in the blooper yeah. the blooper reel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was playing it and then he shouted the F word. Fuck! Dropping the F bomb. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I guess it's a challenging, probably, song to play. So it is. I have to play it in a lower tuning if I (laughs) sing it. It is. It's a high song. It is, and it's hard. And then, of course, you have Stephen's notes, which are the high harmonies behind him, which, I mean, sound beautiful, but I'm sure that Steve has to go into his head voice for those notes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But he can't because he's doing harmonies at that point. Like, he's just supporting. Mm. Right. Um, One of the other really cool things that was on the deluxe version of this album was they actually had this little snippet from in the studio when they were talking about this song. I'm not sure why this happened, but there's video of Ed posing to Jim that they changed the name of this song because Mm. no, the original name of the song was settle outside. Right. And Ed's like, we should just change it because no one, no one says settle outside. We should go and take it outside. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if Ed wrote this song, Steve kind of co-wrote it, but added things in. Why are they going to Jim to change the name? <laughs> I don't know. Jim, come here. We need to change the name of this song that I wrote. <laughs> yes. Maybe is it like a is it a Canadian kind of terminology or is it more like um, like from their era like this whole settle outside? I don't know if that's 
I've never heard that before, uh, uh, you know, before I started researching this song. I've definitely heard of taking it outside. Right. So I don't know if that's a Canadian <laughs> thing or, or like I was born in 1970 thing, but. I, I, I say, I'm that not too. that much younger than you, but I'm about the same age as Ed and Steve. And it would have to be a, more of a Canadian or Toronto thing because I have like when I heard that, I'm like, that what that's not a phrase <laughs> like and take it outside fact, is kind of a phrase <laughs> yeah no take it outside cash me outside uh bleh, don't do that take uh. me outside is, is something i was i i heard before yeah no we're gonna take this outside right but yeah. um if you listen to some performances of it, though, sometimes Ed would slip and still sing Settle Outside Live. Yes, he would. Matter of yeah. fact, in, when he sang yeah. it for the COVID, because he had he shared Oh, Settle story. Outside. Oh, right, 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 right. And he accidentally said Settle Outside when he was singing yep. it. <laughs> still does it yeah. somehow. <laughs> so it must be a, a saying that he at least grew up hearing or saying. Maybe, right. yeah, maybe him and his friends or something. You never know. Inside mm -hmm. jokes. Mm -hmm. but he does he does when it, on the rare occasion he'll sing it he will still do that mm -hmm. <laughs> um going back to the music heidi is is that a slide guitar in the background or is that just an electric guitar using a whammy like what is um, that um you know what i'm not exactly sure um Again, I'm coming straight from class. That's all right. <laughs> I was actually going to pull it up because I I wanted to bring up that one of the neat yeah, things me, that they do with it is um, at the beginning of every course, in between the lines, like it goes up, boom, and then like on the third line of the chorus, it does this weird up, down, up with the notes. So I'm going to, I'll play it real quickly here. Cause it's really, oh, yeah. really weird that they do that. I'm like, that's a cool little change. Cause they could just continuously hit the same exact notes every single time. But I think that's the one that sounds super country. Yeah. Right. Any other guy like would want to take it outside, but I'd never even try. It's so weird. It could. It's hard slide. to do. It's not necessarily a slide guitar, but he might be using a, a finger slide mm. on oh. the electric guitar. Uh, so it's a it's just like a metal um like tube that you put on your finger and then you can slide some notes uh on on the guitar so that could be because it doesn't it's not a full slide guitar sound but it does sound like it's not a whammy uh i don't think it's a whammy sound but it, it definitely could be a a, a finger slide yeah I, agree. I don't know kevin um or ed no it would be kevin that's <laughs> um would no, you sure like to come on the show and let us know yeah exactly <laughs> Um, and the other thing I wanted to, I wanted to point out that I think is kind of neat, and you can hear it more when he plays it for the bathroom sessions than any other time, um, is this song sounds very eerily similar to Return to Pooh Corner. 
um, at least at the very beginning of the song. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'll play a little bit of it right here. Return to what? Return to Pooh Corner by Kenny Loggins. Yes. Oh, that was Christopher Robin and I went along. Oh. Okay. Oh. I'll, I'll play. I'll play Ed's intro. It pretty much is. <laughs> this that is was on repeat so. when my daughter was born. I kept it in her bassinet when she was in the hospital for a month in the ICU. And I played this over and over and over and over. <laughs> this is this is Return to Pooh Corner. yeah very similar i was gonna say it's not exact but it's pretty close definitely pretty <laughs> especially the way ed's doing it in the bathroom session yeah betsy what were you For gonna sure. say i i was yeah mid-thought and yeah. then I, I was going to say it sounds like uh, that intro uh, from, I think it's the Black Crows, where she talks to angels. That's what it sounded like to me. It's very similar to that. Yeah. I don't have a lot more to say in terms of the musicality of it, because, the, I mean, it's... It's pretty much just what they normally would kind of play um, for their instruments normally. So there's no like extra instruments on the song or anything like that. No, they do use a lot of, uh, it uses a lot of sus chords. Sorry, Jeff. Um, a sus too. We've talked about sus chords before and what they mean theoretically in music theory. Um, but a sus two to e to a sus two to e to a sus. So he has a sus two chords and sus four chords. He also replaces the root of the chord. Um, usually, like uh, for example, with the a sus two with a G sharp in the root in the bottom. So it has that descending sound, especially when it gets to um, uh, where is it? When he's he the last part of each verse, it sounds like he's walking downstairs, kind mm -hmm. of, because he replaces that root of the chord. Mm -hmm. um, but lots of sus chords um, and not your typical one four five one progression. He goes like four to one to five to one, so he moves around it. But it's the it's the sus chords that make make a difference, I think, in there. It's fun to play. Yeah, and it's just a nice song. I really, I, I, I've been looking forward to this one because I, I sing the chorus a lot. Like it's one of those that comes into my head out of the blue a lot of the time. I know, um, same. and I don't know why. Like I, I just like. It's funny because going from, um, from last week's song to from like take it back to take it to take it outside. Um, is like two completely different thoughts. And this one is about, you know, backing down. And, and you know, I, I love that. I always think of like movies where, remember in, um, uh, what was the one with Nick Cage where he's, a re he is, gets out of jail and he's on the, the plane with the, the convicts. Um, Con Air? 
Con Air. Yeah. And and he should have said, you know, no, I, I'm not going to fight you on this because my hands are, you know, weapons. Um, but he didn't. He took it outside and ended up going to prison all those years. So if you'd have just taken it outside, you should have, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, so that's a discussion I would like to have is, is this a song of Ed like kind of proclaiming pacifism it, or is this a song of Ed derailing his own pacifism or deriding, sorry, not derailing, deriding his own pacifism. I think it's kind of like Ed's, he, you know, how people just, you, you don't want to stir up the cry, you know, you're, he, he's not the guy to make a problem. He's like, you know, I, 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 I like, want people to get along or I don't want to cause a stir and I don't want to, you know, have a fight breakout or anything. I just want everything to be good. Um, and so, you know, some guys like, it's like, I always think Steven would have been the guy to pick a fight. <laughs> like um, he's always kind of got that approach to, you know, his music is like, I'm an asshole and I know I'm an asshole, but guess what? I'm still going to stay an asshole. And I love Steve. Don't get me wrong. Love you, Steve. So freaking much. Um, but he, he's kind of that counter. Like it's, it, it, it reminds me of what Kevin would probably be like too. Like Kevin would be like, Oh, oh I yeah. just want everybody oh. to be, you know, whereas Tyler would be like, let's go, bro. Let's take it outside. <laughs> um, but so I, I think it's kind of that, like, you know, he's, he's, you know, some people would take this kind of stuff and, and go one way, but I, I'm going this way. And, you know, maybe that's just the way I am. And I'd, I'd rather just say goodbye and okay, we're, it's over. I'm not going to fight about it. Um, cause more drama. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I just really like the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. for me, for me, I, I, I'm a pacifist. So like to, for, for all of my twenties and thirties, like what, what this song meant to me and the reason I really kind of felt it was that I was like, okay, yeah, this, this song is, a, is saying how I feel about any kind of conflict. Um, but as I'm looking at it more this week and, and kind of reading it, I'm starting to wonder if that's, if he's being totally, positive about the fact that he takes it outside that he avoids conflict um you know I, I i like you i would say that my opinion is that kevin very much is this like very peaceful but i almost see him as like he wouldn't just like let the conflict go he would find a way to try to solve it <laughs> versus yeah. like this song is kind of in some ways saying the exact polar opposite of take it outside which is I'm going to avoid conflicts to every extent possible. So, I mean, it starts out with, I watched it all go down with my clothes, with closed. Well, okay. I'm going to throw extra letters in there, but with closed eyes and pretending no one's around. And so he chooses to play the client, chooses to kind of make it kind of funny or to just, be quiet and not say anything rather than pick a fight or stand up. But like you said, this is the exact opposite of last, last week's song where he's like, we need to stand up more people. 
And there's no backstory either. It's like, it doesn't really explain like why he's like this way. Like if this is truly autobiographical, you know, it could just be that that's his temperament, but you know, it makes me wonder if there's more behind it. Like, did he grow up or either if it is by autobiographical, like did he grow up in a household that was just kind of peaceful or is he kind of taking an opposite stance where it was like chaotic in his house and he just doesn't want more of that. I mean, based off from interviews, because Ed has been a little bit more forthcoming of his childhood after right. the recent album. Definitely. Um, yes. Dad, yeah. Yep. And based off what he said off the recent album, now that he's done some, some therapy and he's kind of coming to some conclusions and, and closure around his dad, I would say that his house wasn't the calmest, quietest place in the world, but no. maybe this is how he kind of managed to get around that and and de mm -hmm. deal with it. That's true. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Clearly, his home life wasn't perfect growing up. I mean, you know, and like Man Made Lake, he references his dad drunk driving with him in the backseat and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, clearly everything wasn't perfect i think he had a good relationship with his mom though but yeah. no i i think you bring up a good point maybe you're right maybe there is some connection there for sure yeah well, I'm just ladies like i do there's usually more layers underneath <laughs> definitely definitely are you saying it's like an onion yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like idea layers. That, so not that that smelly and everything <laughs> 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 Um, so there was a quote um, by Ed, um, and I don't have the source. This is horrible of me. I know better as a as a researcher. I know better than this. Um, but I, I did gather a lot of this stuff from way back when, when we were first starting the podcast. So some of the sources have been lost to history, unfortunately, at this point. Um, but I do have a direct quote from Ed from um, November 13th. 2003 um where he said that song steven and i were trying to get across the message about emotionally sometimes you have to fight for what you believe in and that's important and i've avoided that too much in my life you're wondering if the message of the song of your song is getting out there for the first time that we ever played this song two guys got into a fight in the crowd <laughs> <laughs> I love really? irony. <laughs> wow. I never heard that. Wow. This, this song is about being nice. No, it's not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's very funny. It does sound like something that would happen at a BNL show, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would just love, like, while they're playing the song for this to happen, and, and it's just looking down, going, Did, What are you? Are you not getting the point? <laughs> <laughs> Went right out over their heads. <laughs> Which is Hopefully funny because he's saying, like, I've avoided fighting for things that I believe in for too long. And, and maybe you need to fight for what you believe in more often. Mm -hmm. Right. So almost not happy that he always backs down. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. That was a point that I was kind of thinking maybe that in the song from the view, you know, viewpoint that maybe I should stand up for myself more and maybe it's not good that I always back down like this. But I would have to ask. 
Yeah, we have to get him on the show. And yeah. we list that you listen. So come on the show. <laughs> Too, it's it's it it you can again, like we said, the many layers. And for for me, I'm I'm that type with some things, but with not with everything. Like in relationships, sometimes I'm the one that will back down and get quiet because of the way I had I had a really shitty childhood and it was it was better to be quiet and and just not you know you didn't want to stir anything because yeah there's long stories right. there I don't want to get into right um, I relate but, to that but um so I I find that I get quiet quieter and and I don't like to argue and I don't like to fight um so that's detrimental to me because then I'm kind of overwhelmed by the negative stuff and I I I, it's, it's hard because I know I have a voice and in my professional life, I would never back down about things. Like I am in control and, and all of those things, but personal and relationship wise, I have found that I tend to not fight back when I should. And, and it, it, and I totally get that side of it too, because you know, it's, it's similar. Any other guy would want to take it outside. Like there are some girls that just live for the drama and will, will call you on your shit. And like every, and I, we don't, I don't fight. I don't like to fight. So it's not, it's not my thing. Um, I'd rather just say, okay, no, that's fine. Whatever. I'll, you know, and, and that's not good. either. (laughs) So Ed and I need a support group. (laughs) <laughs> in the middle is the is the balance right right yeah i think there are very few people in the world that are well balanced though on yeah. this i think it's i was like you're striving for it but trying trying to but yeah it's uh it's hard to know when to pick that fight, when to not to, and how to do it appropriately and kindly. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been in a fight. I'm Me a pacifist either. either. I'm, pa- I'm a pacifist myself too. So. The only time I was ever in a fight, I was in sixth grade, and it wasn't me. It was this bully that followed me home and threw me to snowbank. And <laughs> oh no! Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> That's pretty shitty. It was yeah. shitty. Yeah. Wow. I was in a lot of fights, but I was never throwing punches. So I, I, I don't know if it's a fight if it's one sided. Um, <laughs> if I'm just the punching bag, like I don't, I don't, or if it's just verbal on my end, I don't know if that's really a fight. Um, <laughs> so that happened a lot as a kid. I did get in one fight where I threw a punch in like the very end of middle school, like the last two weeks of, of elementary school, uh, middle school. And it was only because the guy, this was a, a guy that was kind of the lackey of the one that always beat me up. Mm-hmm. And I, I never really respected him because he was the lackey of the other one, that, you know, always falling around and, and he threw a punch and hit me and I'm like, you don't get to do that. <laughs> I don't know why that made the difference, but all of a sudden it, it offended me and I threw another punch back at him. <laughs> um, but that was the end of it because then the teacher stepped in. <laughs> there you go. 
Interestingly enough, I did not get suspended for that. Good. No, no, I don't know how that happened, but you know. <laughs> you had no priors, so. Um, the only other, the only prior I had was back when I was in kindergarten, and I and I threw a snowball with a rock in the middle of it. Oh, buddy! I didn't know the rock was in there though. Oh, okay. I made a snowball and I threw it, and it happened. Uh, yeah, and, and me and that person ha are, are good friends now. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I sat in the hallway waiting for the principal to come down for a long time, crying and upset. Oh, so. no. <laughs> that 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 taught me that lesson. That, that really counts. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I'm not one that believes in fighting. I don't. I don't think it solves anything the majority of the time. It doesn't um, often. <clears throat> yeah, that's how I've always looked at it. It doesn't mean that we should avoid conflict altogether, though. And I think that's kind of the point of the song: is like there's this middle ground between avoiding conflict because we don't believe in conflict <clears throat> and actually finding a way to solve the conflict that's kind of natural and going on. And I think too many of us av avoid the conflict altogether. Um, and I think Ed's kind of deriding himself a little bit for that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see that for sure, I think. Because, yeah, sometimes it's just easier to avoid it altogether. But there, there are instances, of course, where you do need to stand up for what you believe right. in. And, you know, but that's something I uh, suck at. So. <laughs> You're not alone, Joe. You're not alone. <laughs> I try. Yeah. Well, you can do sometimes. Well, you know, I mean, if it's, it's something stupid, like uh, you're wearing the same shirt as me or something, that's obviously not a fight worth fighting, right? But, oh, God, it's not even <laughs> worth your time. No. 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 I, I do like the coincidence or the unintended, uh, well, maybe it was intended um, pattern that's going on here of from unfinished to second best and then right afterwards take it outside. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we got a storyline going here. Again, it's my the end of the musical. Album, uh, from the five yeah, piece. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut anyone off. Oh, that's okay. That that's just doom for you. <laughs> the over-talking over is inevitable. I just think it's great. Like, it's okay that I'm second best. I'm glad that I'm not you. Then the next well, song is like, I don't like conflict. <laughs> well, it's, it's also, you know, the the kind of uh, and then the idea of so much, you know, the masculine idea of you know, most guys would want to stir some stuff up mm -hmm. and get in a bar like a bar fight and you know oh you're not gonna you know say something about my girlfriend or you're not gonna diss my mm -hmm. game or whatever it is and and how oh, ed's like yeah no i'd, I'd rather just not you know it's mm -hmm. it's totally cool yeah i, I got it <laughs> yeah but I love what he says, where it's just for show, I'm slamming the door. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so there. Sorry that's, my about life. As, that's about as hardcore as I'm going to get. Yep. <laughs> so, exactly. But then you have the follow-up line of, like, even at the same time, my heart and my head are an open book. You know that I'm really not. Like, I'm, I'm doing this, like, <laughs> aggressive, like, show that I'm angry. But, you know, I don't really mean anything by it. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder what 
fist fight ads referencing in Good Life. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm I can't wait to get to that. I'm hoping before then we actually get a really good story because I there there's something there's a story behind that somewhere. That's what I'm thinking too. <laughs> I think there is some story. I don't know what though. I mean, I have I have my guesses, and um, that's all they are. Is is at this point just guesses? Well, we'll find out one day, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I think Detour is a pretty good album. It yeah, is. I liked it. I'm looking liked forward it. to talking to it. Yeah, yeah I uh, I liked it more than Fake Nudes. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Because I think Fake Nudes, like I think half of it was awesome, but then half of it was like, mm, not fake. yeah. They they have another album like that too. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Yeah. Um... So. Sorry, what'd you say? Huh? Oh yeah, well, some people say it's Silverball. <laughs> I, oh, totally I like Silverball. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I like every single one, but I, I like more than Tracy does. <laughs> <laughs> I I do like the Tour de Force better than than Silverball and Fake Nudes, though. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're moving upward from from Silverball, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really loved Grin and Streak a lot. Mm. Yeah. You guys like Grin and Streak? I do. I do. I think it's a nice positive turn um, after All in Good Time. Very angry record All in Good Time was. <laughs> yeah. It's good, though. I like it, but it is an angry record. Oh, yeah. On, a little, uh, yeah. on Grin and Streak, you can tell they're just kind of having fun. Right. Yeah, you listen. You listen to Steve's first album. You listen to Ed's first album. You can definitely see which one is still going through the grieving process at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think so, too. Definitely, I think Steve talked about it a little bit less on page one. Yeah, mm-hmm. he 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 kind of said all he had to say in the first song, and then he's like, "And I'm done. Next." Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, I wanted to. Get, I love both albums, though. Yeah, it, they were strong albums coming off from a breakup. Definitely, definitely. Um, I want to. I want to. Speaking of Steve, I absolutely love the harmonies that are on and off throughout this song. Think, oh yeah! To me, this is my favorite part of the song. Gorgeous vocals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts about it. Is the vocals are so good. So I have one more one more note that I haven't written down. Do other people have other notes, and I guess I can finish with this last one after. No, I, the only thing I had written down in addition was that other than the country feel, that it, it felt kind of like low energy, like a little bit defeated, which is kind of reflective of, of the lyrics. So maybe he's kind of, you know, beating himself up or maybe kind of questioning his approach on taking it outside so like you were saying earlier that maybe this is something he's kind of like um not not completely sure that he should have as his kind of you know defense mechanism Mm. but that's all i had in a really odd way to finish this album which is a very confrontational album throughout this thing 
like if you if you look at some of the songs on here the songs are pretty confrontational you got shopping testing one two three upside down war on drugs like these and, and aluminum like these are all very much like in a almost angry way like looking at looking through the looking glass of like this other side and and shining it back on people and saying is this really the person you want to be um and like i said just before this we have second best then we finished the album with like yeah maybe we shouldn't we shouldn't fight about this <laughs> right right what yeah. <laughs> wait yeah you just spent the whole album telling me i'm a bad person <laughs> <laughs> does it end with the "Have you seen my love"? It does. It does. So I, I try to pretend that... out, like <laughs> like almost peaceful. It does. Which this song's pretty peaceful too. So it's it's mm. just this odd direction to take at the end of this album, which has been, I, I would say, one of the more controversial albums at this point, mm-hmm. especially with "War on Drugs," which we haven't covered yet. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's my favorite. Um, it's my favorite record of the five piece era. Mm. I really, really, really love everything to everyone, and I always have. It. After disc one, it was the first studio album I owned, so it was, um, you know, really has a special place in my heart. Mm. And I love uh, just about every song on it. I can take relief. Have you seen my love? But I like all the rest. I agree with you on that one. <laughs> really? I do. I know for, it seems people either love it or hate it, but for me it wasn't an album song. For me it was a it was a B side. Like I, I would have loved it as a B side. I don't like it as an album song. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, it probably could have worked better as a B side, honestly. Yeah. I wish they had finished this album with yes, yes, yes. That's a good. Uh, that's a good song. Which I think would have been hilarious right after "Take It Outside." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's a good song. It's we have a switch in energy too. It's like oh yeah, so hyper almost. <laughs> well, and, and I like the. I mean, it's written by. It's partially written by Kevin, which is really interesting that we have this really. Uh, well, we'll get to what Yes, Yes, Yes is about, but this really attacking song like Yes, Yes, Yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, we'll talk about that later. I think I know where what part Kevin was responsible for. Kevin, come on the show and explain yourself. Yes, please. Kevin, please. I would ask him about Yes, Yes, Yes for quite a while. I, I love that song and I'm excited like to talk No, no, about no. It. <laughs> but we won't get to that song for another year so. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> um, we haven't talked about the rhyme scheme of this song, and I think it's interesting to talk about it because it switches up. So it's the rhyme scheme for the verses uh, is a rhyme of the same. It's an a a a a rhyme at the end of every single line, and then verse two is a b b b b rhyme. But I don't know why they did this, but it's definitely intentional. The beginning of verse one, the beginning word of every line also rhymes. Oh, I 
I'm not, and they they make a. They go oh, I never their, thought of that. They go out of their way to make a really odd choice for words to do so. Like you would never like. It, I'm sure that in music theory they would tell you, don't start a song with O. Like it's too passive of a thing, but it makes sense with, with the song. But you have O I, and then closed eyes. And so I am blow by or blow by. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's actually, I, believe I a, never really thought of that. Wow, you're right. Huh. It's actually a double rhyme at the beginning of every line. Like they, those first two sounds are, are rhymed. So right. So That's true. <laughs> but then they don't do it for verse two. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know why. I know. Maybe I'm just tired of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. He wrote turn round and he's like, uh turn, turn No, I'm not doing that anymore. No. So you run the second <laughs> word, so there's still the effort there. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of just a different song for them in general, I feel. And it's a standout, I think. I agree. And it, and it has a different feel than the only other song that's like that on this album is For You, which is a very different message. Um, yes. And I would say even somewhat, it's it's a different feel on that one. This, As you were saying, Betsy, this is more of a sad song. Like yeah. you have a sad feel to it versus For You, I would say it's almost a defensive type song. Like it doesn't sound as gloomy. Right. There's a defensiveness, there's an energy behind it, but there's also, I get this feeling of a wall being put up during that song um, yeah. that I don't get with this song. Right. Yeah, the song, I think Take It Outside has a gloominess to it. Mm, for sure. And I love that vibe. Yep. Kind of a self-reflective, defeated, yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yep. I like it. It's just interesting to put it at the end of the album. I would have, I would have thought it would be more toward the middle of the album, but it's. I'm sure there's a reason that they thought about doing that because they did do a lot of introspection about what they were going to do in terms of the order of this album. So, I've heard too that sometimes it's not up to them. Sometimes it's up to the management or the label. So this one that was all up to them, though. This one was okay. Yeah, uh, everything to everyone. They were still with Warner. They, they were, were. Um, but on that DVD on the extras, um, you actually see them having a discussion. There's a video of them having a discussion at a table outside table at like a restaurant um, where they're sitting down there. They have votes. They actually do votes of right. what songs are going to be on and which ones are going to be off. Oh, but then they also start talking about which songs they want to go first um, because and second and so forth, because um, Tyler wanted second best to go first. He wanted to start up or shopping. No, he wanted second best to go first. He wanted shopping to finish the album off, I think. Um, so yeah, they, they had a big discussion about like what the no, order of this would be. Kind of like a high energy kind of like banger kind of like. Yeah. yeah. I can see a that. Lot of people, a lot of people hate shopping. I love it. I, know. I love that song. <laughs> I only like it because I actually saw it 
live in person and they had the shopping carts and the ramps and they really oh you're so lucky yeah i've seen videos yeah i, uh, I wish i was around that was kind of up in the nosebleeds but still that's pretty cool i have yeah. seen videos of that yeah yeah I just think it's a good take on consumerism, the song really as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, once you start to really listen to it, it does. It's making a message. Yeah, it does deliver a message. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, we've kind of been all over the map here and and discussed this song. So why don't we why don't we put some ratings to this? Um, I'm gonna say why don't we rate this based on how many uh how many fist fights <laughs> do we give this song <laughs> <laughs> oh wait no no no! how many slam doors do we give this song okay. that's more that's more apropos of the song <laughs> So how many slam doors are we going to give this song? I'm going to hand it over to you, Betsy, to kind of be able to um, start the rating. Because, uh, Joe, you may not know, but we rate every single song from zero to five. Five okay. is one of our favorite songs of all time. We would listen to it ad nauseum if we could. Zero is we wish that the song never existed that is just horrible it makes our ears bleed so yeah <laughs> um i'll let you go first betsy okay so i'm sorry ahead of time joe <laughs> it's, it's not my favorite song it's not a five for me i don't know why i don't know if it's just because it's the feeling of it or like or, or maybe I kind of see myself in here a little bit too with being kind of more of a pacifist and, and kind of questioning that. I um, I mean, I like the cleverness of it. It's a good song. It's not a song that I really have on my playlist, but you know, I don't skip it either. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I kind of wanted like a, a, a twist in here or something, or maybe a little more backstory, but um I do like the song, so I guess ultimately it would, I'd give it a three and a half. Okay. That's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> three and a half. Okay. Um, and, and, oh, there we go. We get a Heidi back. So I will have Heidi go next. Um, I really, I've always really liked this song. I don't, it, it's melancholy, but it, I don't know. There's something about Ed in this song that I really like. Um, perhaps it's because it's, He's um what's the word? Um starts with an I. Introspective? <laughs> no, uh it's when you're opened up to things, like you're just like your underbelly is showing. You're very um in, intimate. No vulnerable. Uh it's I know the word I'm looking for and I can't find it. Uh my brain. <laughs> uh, I'm a really smart person, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's when it, you know it's when you, you could easily be attacked. You're very um, it, like vulnerable. Or? Well, I guess yeah, we'll go with yeah. vulnerable. That yeah, I'm, that's exactly what I'm thinking. He's very vul vulnerable in this song, and so I'm giving this. It's not quite a five for me, but it's up there, and I'm going to give this a four point eight. Four point eight. Okay. Yeah, I really like it. Nice. Four point eight. All right. 
Um, I don't do this often, but I'm still trying to figure out my score. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Joe, and, and okay. ask you, what yeah. do you give this song? Um, no one's going to be surprised. I give it a five. <laughs> and, you know, it's a song that it just instantly grabbed me the first time I heard that album. It's probably my favorite song on the album. I really love the production on it. I love all the guitars. I think that Ed delivers a very powerful lead vocal on it. Mm. Um, Steve, obviously, always awesome harmonies. And, yeah, it just has, a, like you said, melancholy, kind of gloomy nature that I like. It's a nice chill song if you just want to relax. And, yeah, I give it a five. It's a song I really never get sick of. Okay. I mean, that's a reason to give it a five right there. Um. Okay, I think I've I think I've settled on my score. Okay, um, this is a hard one for me. I I like this song, um, because I can't hit those two notes without going into my head voice, and just it doesn't sound quite the way I want it to. Like, can you clarify what head voice is? Huh? Is that like yeah. Yeah, it's when you you go from singing like down here in, in your, your chest, your throat and chest to, to up here. You, you can um, feel not it quite almost, falsetto with males. Uh, you think of it evanescence. Is that with is males? It? <laughs> you think of it as falsetto more than oh, okay. voice. With women, you definitely get into a head voice. As an alto, sometimes I shift into a head voice if I've got mezzo soprano parts. So it's okay. it's up here kind of instead of from your chest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, and I, and these are the two notes where it's that's where I'm like I have to switch over it's not going to sound right and it still doesn't sound right and it bugs me um, <laughs> and I hate singing this song for that reason because I'm like ah I hate switching between them because it's so I if I'm <laughs> on a good day I can really hold it but then I'm it doesn't sound quite right and I, I think that just annoys the crap out of me because I can't extend my voice to get there. <laughs> um, so it has nothing to do with the song so much as my own, uh, my own misgivings and, and difficulties. Um, I do like, if it comes on, I'm not going to skip it. Um, I just don't seek it out very often. So kind of going with my other, my other ratings and, and thinking about that, I think that simplified my rating a little bit. I'm going to give it a 3.9. Okay, it's pretty good ratings. So <laughs> overall, I mean, it still came out in the fours area, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, so this year we're not doing, um, we're mostly not going to be doing any appearances, but I do have a, a website that I want to send people to because um, I am going to recommend that people go out and watch a slideshow that was put together for this song this week. Um, by friend of the show, Victor Sherb. Um, unfortunately, Victor passed on two years ago. Um, and But this is one of those songs that he was able to put together a slideshow of before he died. Um, <clears throat> so I do, you know, rest in peace, Victor. Um, and I do what I do recommend people go out and, and look at this, this um, wonderful slideshow that he did to go along with this song. Um, and the other thing is, is I, you know, well, let's celebrate a little being bare naked history here this week. Um, so this week in bare naked history, um, oh, that's another, uh, yeah. Um, so this is the week that Andy left the band. Um, 
Boy, oh. a lot of depressing words this week. But yeah, this is the this is the week that that Andy left the band um, after after the end of the tour in order to pursue his music education degree at McGill University in in Montreal. Good for you, Andy. But we really do miss you being part of BNL. Um, so and also, I, here's a little bit of an up note on February twentieth and twenty ten. BNL performed at Nathan's Phillips Square um, in Toronto as part of Vancouver 2010 Olympic celebration. Yes, that Olympic Square where they were banned 20 years earlier and actually started to help building their popularity. Um, they came back and kind of as a big, how do you do uh, to the mayor? the ex-mayor uh where they played in the the nathan phillips square wow wow full circle very cool right yeah that is (laughs) wicked cool yeah joe thanks for joining us tonight hey no problem thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate it joe do you have any things that you would like to plug i mean not not really i follow if you like uh if you're on facebook and you like bnl i i run the bare naked ladies fan society all fans are welcome aside from that not really uh you know i post music on my facebook if you want to add me i'm joe ledoux that's really it well thank you joe it was great to have you thank you so much it was great to be on all right, and um, oh, I didn't announce what next week's uh, uh, song was is going to be. You know, it's almost like my brain wasn't thinking of it. It's like it's like a wasteland up there, almost like a teenage <laughs> wasteland. Um, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like so come back. <laughs> wait, did you just say you hate that song? I like that song. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, wait, wait. I think that's the first time I've heard that word come out of your mouth, Joe. <laughs> No, 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 I like that one. <laughs> Very yeah, few I hate. Well, thank you for joining us, and thanks. That was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now check your link. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except me.